Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon and I'm AWOD here on a Thursday, December 14th in good old RVA, the 804. What up, what up? How are we doing today? We got a lot to get to on the show today. Stub, I'll say right off the back. I woke up feeling good. I don't think the sports Grinch is going to come out today. You don't think so? I don't think he's going to come out today. Um, I was very upset the last few days about my football team, and now my basketball team and my hockey team leaving D.C., but I woke up in pretty good mood today, and we've got a lot of really great guests, including superstar Coach Brent Pry of the Virginia Tech Hokies football team. He will join the show at 2.30. Set your alarms Put a reminder on your phone to tune in to AWOD Radio at 2.30 for the Hokies head football coach Brent Pry, just 11 or 12 days away from the Military Bowl, Virginia Tech against Tulane. We do have the Inside the Ramhorns Red Door Guys VCU basketball segment coming up at 2 p.m. And yeah, there was a ton of recent news, including a Joe Bamisil update. He is eligible to play over the next 13 days, we'll give you that entire story at 2 p.m. My buddy Del Brown will be joining us in studio. He is the voice of flag football, and flag football has been voted to be included in the Olympics in 2028. So we'll get his side on that story. We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the czar Gary Hess at 1215 and recap the high school sports season. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. With the sports app. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. The sports app. And we begin in the NFL. Week 15 of the NFL begins tonight. You know what you're doing Saturday, Stub? You're going to be watching more football. Three NFL games on Saturday including a full slate on Sunday. But we begin with a boring matchup tonight. The Chargers against the Raiders. The L.A. Chargers against the Vegas Raiders. Doesn't have the same ring as it was when it was San Diego against Oakland. Used to be a great rivalry. Now, both teams are struggling. Brandon Staley almost definitely out of a job at the end of this season. His quarterback, Justin Herbert, is out for the rest of the season. With Vegas, Antonio Pierce has taken over the head coaching job and trying to earn a full-time job as the Raiders coach, but will need a few more wins to build his resume before the season is over. But tonight, it is Chargers against Raiders. Here is the Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley, on the upcoming contest. I thought there's a lot to build off of from that last game, and he's been with us all three years. Our guys have a lot of confidence. I know that they've shared that with you guys, and I think the way that he played in that second half does give us confidence going into this game. So the Chargers feeling confident with their backup quarterback. Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce on facing an elite pass rusher in the Bosa brother. Obviously, we can't hold on to the ball. There's got to be an internal clock in our quarterback's head to get rid of the football as well when you got an elite pass rusher to our right. Um, But it's going to be a team effort. But Jermaine is really up for the task. He's excited about it. I mean, the way he's worked just in a walkthrough mode is, is a guy that's ready to go. I'm excited to watch. All right, let's move over to the NBA. A lot going on in the NBA as of late. I guess we'll start with Draymond Green, who was suspended by the NBA indefinitely. Draymond Green, the Warriors GM, 
Mike Danilevy Jr. and his agent, Rich Paul, are expected to meet today to discuss a path of counseling and help Green move forward. It's pretty obvious. Draymond Green needs help. Last season, he was punching his teammates. This season, he's punching the opponent. He's uh, he's turning into this generation's Latrell Sprewell. It's unbelievable. Uh, so Draymond, of course, apologized. He says, I didn't mean to hit Nurkic. I don't apologize for things I didn't mean to do. Draymond, shut up. Go seek counseling. I mean, this is not uh, the 80s in the NBA anymore. That's just completely unacceptable. And I guess this is what happens when the Warriors are struggling without Kevin Durant on their roster. So, last night in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo dropped 64 points, which was a Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks franchise record. And you know what he wanted after the game? He wanted the game ball. Well, let's take a listen what took place. Here's the call on WTMJ. War gets the ball taken away by Beasley, feeds it ahead, Giannis, here comes the exclamation, flushes it through, how about a clean 64 for the Greek Freak, the Freakish Flyer takes off again. And the Pacers, look, there is Giannis. Giannis going to the locker room. Going into the locker room. Don't don't ruin a great evening. No. With some nonsense. So it's hard to explain what happened, but Giannis exchanged heated words with members of the Indiana Pacers staff and then raced to the Pacers locker room after the game to try and receive the game ball. They decided they were going to give it to their rookie, Oscar Tshibwe, out of Kentucky for, for, for scoring his first bucket as an NBA player. Uh, but it's a weird situation. Here's Giannis after the game explaining that he got a ball, but not sure if it was the game ball. Can you confirm that you have the game ball from tonight? I have no idea. I'm not going to lie. I, I have no idea. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I don't know. I have the ball, but I don't know if it's a game ball. It doesn't <laughs> feel like the game ball to me. It's, it feels like a brand new ball. Um, like, I can I can tell, you know, from... Um, I played, what, 35 minutes a day. You know, I know how the, the game ball felt. You know, the, uh, the ball that I have, which I'll take and I'll give it to my mom for sure, but uh, I don't know if it's actually the game balls. But it's 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 okay, you know. Uh, let's continue. The whole thing is very childish. I mean, I understand Giannis is upset because he wants to collect this. I mean, this is memorabilia. He scored a franchise record, 64 points. But it is Indiana's decision of who gets the game ball when it's on their home court. Here is the head coach of the Pacers, Rick Carlisle explaining his situation on the game ball fight. What happened at the after the game was unfortunate. There's a misunderstanding about the game ball. It was Oscar Shibwe's first NBA official NBA point, so we always get the game ball. We were not thinking about Giannis's franchise record, so we grabbed the ball, and a couple of minutes later, several of their players ended up in our hallway, and there was. A big, I don't know what to call it, a fracas, a melee, whatever. I don't think any punches were landed, but my general manager got elbowed in the ribs by one of their players. Unfortunate situation. We don't need the the official game ball. There's two game balls there. You know, we could have taken the other one, um, but it didn't need to escalate to that. So it was such a weird situation. I've watched the replay after the game. 
a member of the Milwaukee Bucks goes right up to the referee and asks for the game ball, and then something took place, and the Milwaukee Bucks coaching staff lost the game ball, ended up in the Pacers locker room with Oscar Toshiba. Damian Lillard is, of course, Giannis's teammate this season, first year with the Bucks. Here's Dame Dalla explaining his side of the situation. They bench was mad, and I was kind of like in the middle because I wanted to just be aware of like where people was at because I knew it was heated. And, um, you know, they they took the, the game ball. And, you know, it, that type of stuff happens in the NBA, you know, when people get offended by how it, how it happened. You know, maybe they felt like he should have been out of the game, and, you know, he was trying to get points or whatever, so they did something like that. They took the ball and said our rookie scored his first his first NBA points when it's like, you know, this dude just scored 60, you know what I mean? So, but that's part of the league, you know, that's the, the gamesmanship, that's the, the pettiness, it happens. So I didn't think it was that deep, but it just turned into a, a lot of commotion and a lot of stuff, so everybody's safe. So I guess that's, that's the positive, man. Nobody got hurt. Turned into a big deal and uh, a dumb reason for the NBA to be the lead story in the sports app. Let's move over to the NHL. As every day on the sports app, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. The Russian machine never breaks. Tracking his record, trying to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Needs 67 goals to tie Wayne Gretzky's 894. Needs 68 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Caps are on a two-game win streak and play tonight against the Flyers, but Alex Ovechkin has not scored stub. It looks like in like 17 days, right? It's yeah, been like a while. six or seven games. It's- yeah, it's been a struggle. And the sad part is now that it, now that he hasn't been scoring as often, his projected goal total for the season is down to 16, and they're projecting he needs 113 more games to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. I'm not sure. The Caps can get that done. I'm not sure the Caps will be playing in D.C. by the time he gets that done. We cannot have an Ovechkin statue in Alexandria. I will not stand for that. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. I do want to take more of your phone calls on yesterday's breaking news that the Wizards and Capitals have a $2 billion plan with the state of Virginia to move their stadium to Alexandria, Potomac Yards. I gave you my frustrations with it. I think city sports should be playing in the city. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about all the great memories that I had growing up at the MCI Center, seeing Michael Jordan at the Verizon Center with Gilbert Arenas, Antoine Jameson, and at Capital One with John Wall and Bradley Beal. So many great memories just being in that area in Chinatown, going to the movie theater, the bowling alley, all this great stuff. And so I gave my opinion. I've had some people reach out and say, Awad, give it a break. But I've also had people tweet me, like Sean, who tweets me and said, I've been so upset the past 48 hours. This is depressing. And Ted Leotis is the new Dan Snyder. So if you want to weigh in, phone lines are open 833 804 0910. 833 804 0910. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. 
here on the new sports radio 910 the fan now at 105 1 fm phone lines are open throughout the show 833-804-0910 we're just two weeks away from the military bowl with virginia tech against tulane the head football coach brent pry will join the program today at 2 30 and um stub i'll tell you i'm not a fan of ted leonsis right now and he's Trying to turn me into the sports grid. <laughs> we have, what, Monumental Sports Network, formerly NBC Sports on the TV, and they're showing Wizards Classics games from the MCI Center from the year 2000 when Michael Jordan was on the team. Yeah, they and were showing this last year. It's bringing back so many too. memories, and, and that's part of the reason why I'm so upset about the Wiz and Caps potentially leaving is because... I spent three birthdays at Capital One Arena, at least. Like, every single year, I'd ask my dad for Wizards tickets for my birthday, and a lot of times, that's what I would get. And we'd spend the whole day at Capital One, Verizon Center, MCI Center, because there was a movie theater there. Like, I remember I saw uh, 300 at that theater, and I was blown away. I thought it was the best action movie of all time. I saw Will Smith play Muhammad Ali at that movie theater. I bowled there. Like I said, I've spent countless birthdays there watching the Wizards and the Caps play. And so uh, that's what I'm so upset about is the amount of great memories that I have in that building. Um, So I don't know. Maybe a lot of people in Richmond don't care. We haven't seemed to get that many phone calls. We had one caller yesterday who was okay with it, right? And uh, I've had a few people tweet me, though, say they're very upset, they're depressed about this, but I did have multiple people reach out and say, Awad, get over it. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is the czar and the sports director at WRNL, Gary Hess. What's going on, Gary? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. What do you think about the Wiz and Caps moving out of D.C.? You don't know what you don't want to know what I think. I think it's great. I love the, uh, you know, I'm a suburban guy, so <laughs> you know, I, you know, Alexandria is closer to here. There's a metro stop right there. I'll I'll take it. So that's that's my take. On yeah, it. but you're also not a diehard Wizards or Caps fan, right? You like the island. No, what, in fact, what teams do you like? No, so I'm not much of an NBA guy at all. <laughs> uh, growing up, I was a Denver Nuggets fan, champions, by the way. Uh, Going back to the day, you know, I'm a lot older than you are. I became a Denver Nuggets fan because of David Thompson. Look mm-hmm. him up. He was Jordan before Jordan. <laughs> and um, and uh, that's how I became a Nuggets I've been an Islanders fan since the 70s. So I'm not a big fan of the Caps. I have a lot of friends that are Caps fans. I was happy when they won the Cup because we were terrible that year But uh, the um, because of the long-suffering fans. But, uh, yeah, when the Caps play the Islanders, I'm uh, – I usually get texts from a few friends of mine that are that are usually not happy with me. So, uh, yeah. So no, not long suffering. You know, it's funny. I only have um, one. I have one main memory of the. Is it called the Capital One Arena now? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, and that was not Caps or Wizards related. That was uh, University of Richmond winning. Uh, advancing in a 14-3 upset in the NCAA tournament in 1998. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also uh, won the A-10 championship last time it was in D.C. So we've got the czar covered, on the line, which means it's time yeah, to get in the car. Yeah, covered an ACC tournament in that building. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Time to get in the car and drive. How are the roads looking? Time for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, sports director and the voice of high school football in Richmond, Virginia. I understand there's traffic. 
traffic. You need to plan for that. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. All right, Gary, as the local sports director here at WRNL and the voice of high school football, each year you get to place a Heisman vote. And I told the audience I wanted Michael Penix to win. Explain your vote and why. I looked hard at, um, you know, I was looking at the three quarterbacks pretty hard. I, I seriously considered Marvin Harrison Jr. also. I thought he had phenomenal year he was my of the players he was one of he was about my favorite to watch play he just eye-popping things just made such a difference on the game it's hard for a wide receiver because you're so dependent on the quarterback the three quarterbacks really got my attention um i like Jaden daniels because of the low number of interceptions he had the touchdown numbers and the yardage numbers were you know in the same ballpark with Penix and bo nicks but the big difference was, in addition to all that, he had over a thousand yards rushing, and uh, just a whole bunch more added a bunch more to the table statistic-wise on a team that performed at a high level. Not as high as Oregon or Washington, but a team that that played at a pretty high level. And um, I just, when push came to shove, I, I just decided I landed on Jaden Daniels. All right, let's get to high school football here locally in Richmond, Virginia, with a season recap. Who were the local champions this year, Gary? The, we only have one. It was Benedictine that won the uh, the state championship in the private school uh, Division One league, beating Trinity Episcopal in the in the state championship. Highland Springs uh, played this past week in the Division Six title game and fell short to uh, Freedom of Woodbridge. The final was forty two. 42-34, I think, was the final. And they final. were down like 28 nothing in that game, right? They were down 28 nothing um, in the second quarter, came back, got two touchdowns before halftime to make it 28-13, and then probably had the better of it in the second half. But, you know, against a good team, you just can't dig a 28 nothing hole and expect to come all the way back, even as good as Christian Martin is. And, and listen, freedom has, um, you know, three Division One wide receivers, has a stud running back that's going to have his pick of places to go. You know, who knows where he's going to end up. But uh, all the big ones are going to be in on him, Jeff Overton. And, uh, you know, they've got a, quarter, a record-setting quarterback who is kind of, you know, kind of just directs traffic and, and gets the ball out of his hands to the right guys and lets them make plays. They're very, very good, and they're worthy. Two Division Six state titles in a row. Uh, but the Springers were right there. You just can't make mistakes and dig a hole early and expect to come all the way back against a team of that caliber. How about the rest of the local schools? Didn't we have another school in a state championship, or was that just a state, state semis? No, no uh, Matoica made it to the state semis and had to go up and play Stonebridge up in Ashburn and lost to Stonebridge 21-10. to uh, But, uh, you know, a great run there. Uh, ended and they were the only other team uh, locally that made it to the state semi. So when we got to the semifinal round, you know, Benedictine was already done. So all we had left was Highland Springs and Matoica. So no state titles this year for the 804 in the public school side, but uh, Highland Springs uh, and Matoica represented well. Well, as we're recapping the high school football season in the 804, who did you want to spotlight this week? You know, I think we should spotlight. I just want to spotlight the fact that we've got the uh, one game left uh, in the season, and that's the Big River Rivalry All Star Game. And and I love this game every year because it's you know it takes the foot off the gas pedal from the intensity standpoint. It's an All Star Game. It's an exhibition, 
But if the game's close in the fourth quarter, it gets you know it gets a little gets a little competitive. But the thing I like about it is the Touchdown Club of Richmond puts this game on, and you, you use the river as the divider, uh, Adam. North of the river schools against south of the river schools, and it celebrates 804 football. And the touchdown, you know, there we, you know, the touchdown club gets sponsors um, and tries to get as many sponsors as possible to uh, defray the expenses because every penny that is raised from this game over and above the expenses to put on the game goes to local charities. And three great local charities are being benefited this year. Um, you know, you know, and you, we raised about ten grand last year for two different charities. So. Uh, that is a I say we because I'm on the board of the Richmond Touchdown Club, but it's a it, the fact that it all goes to charitable efforts is is, is the really cool part of this game, and uh, that so you know one team will win on the field Saturday, but a lot of folks are going to win when we're able to send those checks to the local charities. Gary, br- appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to join the show. Hey, listen, have a great day. If I don't talk to you again, um, have a great holiday season. I'll be. Uh, in this, Jim Rome would say, I'm in the basement for the next two weeks. So, yeah, how great was that holiday party yesterday? Those meatballs were amazing. <laughs> I, I I heard I did not get any of them, but I heard oh, no. they were uh, other. I heard they were otherworldly. <laughs> yeah, Stub can confirm. We really did like the meatballs, Gary. Great stuff, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Be well, guys. Take care. Yep, that was a drive down Richmond Highway with the Czar Gary Hess. <laughs> Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Virginia Tech head football coach Brent Pry will join the show today at 2.30 as the team gets back to practice ahead of the military bowl less than two weeks away. The Hokies against Tulane. You don't want to miss it. Set your alarm. Put a reminder in your calendar today, 2.30 on the fan for Tech head football coach Brent Pry. But joining us right now to talk a little UVA from who's talking is Frank Maloney. What's going on, Frank? Hey, hey, hey. Good to be here, Adam. How yeah. are you? I'm good. I'm glad you were able to join us today. Even though we're focusing on the Hokies, we wanted to show some love for the who. Hey, listen, we talk about the ACC and pro sports. I mean, I'm I'm happy to debate this whole thing on the move on the Wizards and the Caps to Virginia. Uh, oh, I, I'd love to hear your take on it because Gary just said that he's very okay with it. I'm I'm gung ho for it. You are sure because it it it's a it better's sports in Virginia. I know you, it does, you're in but Virginia now. I don't consider myself to be a Virginia <laughs> sports fan. I'm a DC sports we fan. Can't, we I can't love help, the city. We can't help it. But Liz, the heritage will always be there. You haven't lost anything. You Elvin Hayes and Bobby Dandridge and and Earl the Pearl Monroe and Phil no, but Schneer that building and, right in Chinatown is yes. iconic to me. Right, Gal- gallery place there. Yes. And like I was saying last segment, I spent many birthdays there. I saw the Rolling Stones there. You did. <laughs> I mean, so you've got some good memories there too. Oh, listen, I, a friend of mine used to have the uh, the super pack to go see his favorite ten opponents when they played the Caps. Right, and he was in about the eighth to ninth row, goal line extended, mm-hmm. perfect seats. I saw all the great ones. I saw Guy Lafleur, <laughs> you know, as an example. Who's the Who's that fellow that retired from the um, 
<clears throat> Pittsburgh. Mario Lemieux? I saw Lemieux's last game. I saw Guy Lafleur's last game against the Caps when he was still playing for the Canadiens. Mm. You know, so I have the same memories, maybe a little older than yours because right. you're a youngster, but the truth is this is good for Virginia. You know, It's definitely good for Virginia, but here's another part of it is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm born and raised in northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. Sims coming to Richmond. I hate northern Virginia. The traffic's god-awful. Mm-hmm. The traffic's going to be terrible in train. that area. My hint to you. Learn to embrace the train, baby. <laughs> Amtrak is smart. You can work on the train. You can rest on the train. You can't get hit by another car in the train. So you're like Bill Roth, who was saying yesterday was the biggest day for Virginia sports. Well, you know, the biggest day could have been Doug Wilder had the opportunity to bid on bringing the skins to that same rail yard. Right, yeah. And that knucklehead, and that, <laughs> I'm using the nicest word I can think of for Doug, um, and you can tell him. You can tell him Frank Maloney said so. <laughs> I recommended to his staffers who who solicited my opinion way back when, when he was governor, by all means, if there was a chance for them to grab the skins, they should have done it. Mm-hmm. And look look what's happened. No, you're right. And Here's another part of it, why it's a little bit depressing to me, mm-hmm. is that it feels like this is the end for D.C., right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if D.C. loses their two major sports franchises, the, the economy is going to go to hell. The tourism is going to go way down. Uh, I mean, Ted was talking about how he's going to bring the Mystics to Capital One. Who cares? Well, the Caps and Wizards played there 170 days a year. Sadly, sadly, D.C. doubled down on Black Lives Matter. If you've been following the, the news, they paid more money to repaint some streets. Give me a break. If there's a more corrupt organization, well, that yeah, that's misleads... why I feel like Mariel Bowser dropped the ball. Glenn Youngkin picked it up, went down yes. the court, and dunked it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Glenn's smart. He played ball. He knows. He saw an opportunity. And you know, um, DC has wrecked the Redskins. We don't even. There is no Redskins. Right. Stop paying attention to politicians that have ulterior motives to do harm to everyone else except their wallets. So you're excited to go to yes. Potomac Yards and go to Caps and Wizards games in a, out there. In a huge way. Hey, listen, just, I, just, I just I prepare, go- prepare I love- an extra an hour and a half before and after the game for the traffic. I, I love the Nats. I love going to Nats Park. Mm-hmm. I love standing up there in that outfield, those outfield uh, bar area, that long roof bar, whatever that, the red roof, whatever that. Yeah, they got all these weird names. The I think the, the per- red roof is right. The, yeah. the perch, the ledge, the <laughs> the jump off the cliff. Uh, you know, but you know the the wind coming off the Anacostia there. It is such a delightful experience. Here's a chance for Virginia to really do something fantastic. No one from D.C. is going to be cheated because they can take the metro right over there. And catch the games, everybody wins. It, yes, except for the fact that if we win a championship, mm. we'll be celebrating in Virginia, not in the nation's capital. It's the nation's freaking capital. We need it. Well, you know, right now the nation's capital is leading the nation per capita in, in, in murders. Right. Yeah. Murders. Yeah, I know. So, and so, the carjacking's not helping. Like yeah, when let, Brian Robinson got shot, that was not good. Let me tell you something. <laughs> when people tell you that they're not going to do business. In your market because it's not safe. Didn't that isn't that what they started saying about Mexico City years ago? Companies would stop sending people there because their their salesmen were getting kidnapped. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen in D.C.? It has become the wild wild west, and I'm sorry to say it, but if you if you're looking the other way and 
saying this is political. It's not. I'm looking at the hard numbers. The hard numbers, violent crime is way up. I know. And she's she's claiming it's just a blip. And, and that's what's so frustrating is, <laughs> you know, it, it's... It's, it's it, a blip. DC it, dropped the ball. They it, really screwed this up. You know, it's a blip if it happens to someone else, isn't it? Yeah. If it happens to you and your family, what is it then? No, I know. I mean, I used to it's work catastrophic. in D.C. every single day at 1015 Half Street where the junkies were. Mm-hmm. And I was scared <laughs> sometimes to go to my car in the morning. I, I, I almost got robbed. My, our buddy Ryan Clary, the producer for Grant Danny, did get robbed two weeks ago. Crazy. You know, um, I knew a, a teacher who retired recently in Charlottesville. And her son, um, now this is in Baltimore, but what's happening to D.C. is what has had already happened in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He was he was uh, uh, held up at gunpoint on a mm-hmm. couple of occasions. She said she worried for him, and then the last time he got uh, carjacked, the guy rolled the window down, shot, and killed him. Oh, my gosh. Killed her son. And I heard that story. In D.C.? No, that was in Baltimore. Yeah. But what happened in Baltimore is trickling down now and happening regularly in D.C. It's It's all come down from the Northeast. Well, that, well, so don't you think it's going to continue then into Virginia? Well, I've been saying for years, let's build a wall at Fredericksburg. <laughs> we could do it. We could we could stop this onslaught of violent crime. It's it's a frightening thing. <laughs> I didn't have Frank building a wall on my bingo card today. Frank. <laughs> well, it's, it's not it's not the wall like the border wall. <laughs> I'm just talking about let's let's you know let's start doing some smart things to protect uh, the tax paying citizens of our communities and i this this is a sports show so another part of this is that frank uh frank Mm -hmm. that ted leonsis is claiming that monumental sports goes from richmond to delaware well if you want to make this virginia's team they're going to need to send the whiz and caps to richmond for training camp or how the redskins did that one day at river city roll they they gotta do something to enhance the fan base here well it could be there could be some cool trickle down benefits for this market and you know, God help us with LeVar Stoney and those clowns downtown who have, they've got that old coliseum that is just decaying before our eyes. I know. Talk that, of, that's, hold that's, on. that's a big topic. That's real pain and suffering. Because I saw the Virginia Squires play there, saw the UVB tennis. I saw you win the 2011 CA championship there. And, and hold on. And for many, many years, the CA championship uh, was played there, and it was great fun. It was huge for the city. How embarrassing today to watch it decay. Henrico has already well, built a this, new sports complex. I know. Complex. It's the same situation in D.C. Is everyone's leaving the city for the outskirts, right, for the suburbs, and the sports teams are coming with them. Well, we're going mean, to— the whole plan for the new Diamond we're right? gonna, it started downtown, and then we're, we're moved go- to the Diamond District. We're going to lose— the minor league contract for the Flying Squirrels. It's the die is cast. Unless major changes occur very rapidly, the cost of the money has skyrocketed. Yeah. Where the city is way behind. Major League Baseball is gonna rip this franchise away. And if you if you think I'm just making something up you must be blind, deaf, and crazy. I don't think the MLB is gonna rip it away because of how great we are with attendance, but I do think They've got to get the ball rolling. They've got to get shovels in the dirt. They're already, we are in they're trouble. already a year and change behind. I know. Okay. Nobody wants to talk about this thing. Everybody's like, oh my God, we're this isn't gonna happen. If the city would collaborate with the counties the way the Braves used to have it, the thing would already be getting built. 
LeVar Stoney, can you hear me, you knucklehead? <laughs> why, why don't you go run for I think he dog listens catcher. to WRVA. I think maybe, he's a big John Reed maybe fan. You should go listen, maybe you should apply for dog catcher. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Frank, you want to talk some UVA? Is that cool? Well, very You're wearing about five pieces yeah. of UVA apparel. Well, you know, people give me this stuff. Because yeah. I, I they love you. I, I don't. I, I didn't. I haven't bought actually any of the things I'm wearing. These were gifts. Um, you know, um, basketball team is 8-1, and one, um, back in the top 25. And uh, this coming week, we've got big Ted Jeffries on the show Monday night at 6 o'clock. Very cool. To talk UVA basketball. And Antonio Rice, the, the, the great running back from UVA history, joining us to talk about the football team and the rebuild. And the Who's play against Northeastern Saturday and then a big contest against Memphis next Tuesday. That's Don't a go good anywhere. That's we'll a good be game. right back. I was Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. That's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. can always tweet us throughout the show at AWOD Radio or at 910 The Fan as we're here with Frank Maloney once again. We wanted to go around the ACC, talk a little... Uh, basketball here, and um, of course we can start with UVA, eight and one on the season now, number twenty-two in the country, one and zero in conference play. So three games to go before uh, they travel to Notre Dame for the second ACC game of the year. Um, it's very important for Virginia to keep this momentum going. Uh, in recent games, Elijah Gertrude has started to reveal just how good he is. Uh, he hurt his knee and had to have uh, arthroscopic, no, excuse me, major ACL surgery on it in high school. He's starting to show signs that he's pretty darn healthy. Uh, he's got a beautiful jump shot. He gives them maybe the one player they really need, a guy that can create his own shot, and he could pull up and make a jump shot. Leon Bond can do it, but not as quickly as Gertrude uh, Reese Beekman is the hand on the tiller. He's the captain of the ship. He looks good to me. His leg is, uh, I'd say, 90%, whatever that injury is that they won't tell us about. And then, of course, you've got to take Ryan Dunn. Ryan Dunn, if you like, I mean, if you love college basketball, go see Ryan Dunn now because he'll be in the NBA next year. Yeah, and he's really been improved from the previous season. Uh, Clemson's been a big surprise in the ACC, 9-0 and on the season. Uh, we knew that they got a transfer guard from Syracuse and Joe Girard third. He's done a good job running the offense. But P.J. Hall might be the best player in the ACC right now. Well, he's bucking for that. Uh, I've, I've noticed him in the last two years. He's uh, incredibly reliable with the ball. He's a competitor. I like the fact that he doesn't settle for bad shots. Hall, Hall will fight to get a good position and get a good high-percentage shot. Um, the coach at Clemson teaches good, solid, fundamental, clean defense. And I've interviewed him in the past at ACC Media Days. Really likable guy, and you have to admire the fact that somehow in the shadow of football at Clemson, he's managed to keep that job all these years. And uh, Brad Brunell, uh, terrific guy, and hats off to Hall. Hall's a hell of a player, isn't 
Clemson's having a good season. I'm not sure their schedule has been that rugged yet. No, not yet. But I think it will get uh, beefier in the weeks ahead, and uh, we'll see what they've got. Absolutely, and uh, conference play already underway, but we'll get into uh, full swing in January. Miami 7-2 and on the season. Coach L, just every single year, has his boys playing decent basketball, and then they end up playing great basketball in March. Well, you know, I've had some awesome interviews with Jim Laranega, you know, he's formerly an assistant coach under Terry Holland in the glory years, yep. and then he had the success at George Mason before going to Miami. Um, I think people are surprised that he's still coaching all these years later. He's not a young man. No, and when I asked him about that at Media Day, he said, mm. uh, basically, look, what am I going to do, hang out at the beach? I- I'd ra- you know, go to Europe? No, mm. I'd rather be in a gym coaching basketball. He loves coaching the kids. Now, he has had... The benefit of, for whatever reason, the kids that come to play at Miami, they sell the school. He, he, we talked about that phenomenon. They're texting and calling and inviting guys that they've met at camps and tournaments. And, you know, his, his own players are doing as much recruiting as really his staff. Uh, Jim Laranega is all about fundamentals. This team is dangerous. Now, the teams that are surprising me in the ACC – I'm I'm very surprised at how bad Louisville is this year. Number one, I'm also equally surprised at how uh, Duke is struggling to find leadership. Yeah, and and th- that's a weird. They've got a lot of talent, but they're not playing together. Well, I just I think you look at Duke and North Carolina, and, and you say there's coaching struggles right now. Mm. It, it, it has not been as easy as they may have thought it have been to move on from the Hall of Famer. Well, you know Hubert Davis is a great guy, first and foremost. Um, and, he's a great basketball mind. And, and, I'm not and, sure he's the greatest coach, though. I'm not sure his game, in-game uh, decision-making has proven to be all that great. Yeah. Now, he is juggling, you know, the 800-pound gorilla that everybody would like to coach. And so everybody's a critic. You know, down in the Carolinas, everybody loves Carolina, but if Carolina loses, everybody's a critic. Yeah. Uh, I have a... I have, I have a belief that Hubert will figure this out. Roy Williams is still helping him a little bit, I think. Um, you know, maybe with a few phone calls here and there. Um, it's weird to me that they have not been able to figure out who can help Baycott and who can help Davis. There's a lot of other parts of that team, and they seem to be very inconsistent. Virginia Tech 7-3, and 1-0 in conference play after beating Louisville last week. They've got Vermont and American over their next two contests before mm-hmm. uh, really beginning conference play December 30th against Wake Forest. Hopefully they will have Sean Padula back by then, but Hunter Couture has stepped in and been the leader. Well, you know, the, a couple of those guys are that you just mentioned, they're terrific basketball players. And they've they proved up in Brooklyn that they could really put it together. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, they lost that forward that was so good, number 22, moved on. Um I'm not sure about rebounding. Mutz was a hell of a rebounder. Yeah. I'm not sure they have that same intensity down low. Um, but Young is a heck of a coach. He's done it for a long time, and uh, I think he likes this team. I'm not sure he likes his team as much as Tony Bennett likes his Cavaliers because I think Tony realizes he has lots of lineups that he can throw at teams. He's so what of, are your expectations for UVA this season? Well, I, I tell you, uh, realistically, it's you know one game at a time. We've all learned that. But I do think this team, if they can solve the rebounding challenge, it's a big if, 
because this team is struggling to to rebound, particularly at the defensive end of the court. If they can figure out how to rebound as a unit, all five players, I'm not sure this team, um, this they should be a second weekend in the NCAA tournament team. We'll see how it plays out. It's uh, certainly going to get interesting. I, I think the ACC is very talented this season. Last thing, uh, let me ask you about is the NCAA decision that came down yesterday. All the two-time transfers are now eligible for 13 days. Yeah, I don't. In, to me, the NCAA is just, you know, Joker's wild, right? Yeah. You know, uh, how many of those cards do they have in their deck? You know, it's like they're just making <laughs> stuff up. I know. And now you have frustrated coaches saying, oh, we overlooked two-time transfers because the NCAA told us that they were cracking down on this decision just for it to be overturned in the middle of December. It is, it's so odd. You know, For VCU, though, we're desperate to get Joe Bamisell on the court. And, and, you know, you couple that with the nonsense of denying 13-0 Florida State a spot in the college football playoff, well, and I can tell you exactly why that happened. That's it was TV because money. It was ESPN. They had a two-hour SEC uh, schedule reveal show yesterday that was awful. It was so. Who needs two hours to talk about a schedule mm. when the season's not from this season's not even over? I mean, it was just they were hyping up LSU, USC. All oh, it's such going to be a great game. Farcical. It's farcical. And uh, you know the thing that scares me is I think the way that committee got essentially pressured into making that move. Yeah. They were pressured. They were. The and thing is though is they can't just I think as a just an outside fan, yeah. I do think it's going to make some very entertaining football. Like I Michigan Alabama might go down as the best game in the last 5 years. Like I I think it's going to be amazing. Well, don't forget uh the Orange Bowl. You got the you have the Orange Bowl with Florida State versus Georgia. Georgia. I don't know if that's going to be interesting because Florida State's quarterback's not going to be playing, and Georgia, I don't even know if they want to show up. But the number the number two quarterback will be out of the concussion protocol, Rotomaker or whatever, and he's a player. So I, I think that's going to be a great game. I, I don't know about the Rose Bowl. I, to me, this thing, this thing makes me, it feels sleazy. <laughs> that's what it does. It, it, I met Rick Pitino once, and I, I, I hesitated to shake his hand. <laughs> You know, and I'm not kidding. I was in the elevator, and I had to had to talk to him. And I was like, you know, with all the stuff that I knew about Rick Pitino, I was like, God, I don't know about this. That's Frank Maloney from Who's Talking. What you got coming up next Monday? Well, we got Big Ted Jeffries, the left-hander who played at Tamatha and then at UVA and was one of the best rebounders. And this team that Virginia has right now would kill to have a Ted Jeffries. Um, and then we also have uh, none other than Antonio Rice, and Dr. Boyd Rawls to help us with the injury report. Uh, Paris Jones, by all accounts, is making incremental improvements every day. And, you know, I met and interviewed that young man, and my heart goes out to him and his family because, uh, quite honestly, he might have been the bravest guy on the football field every week. The guy was small. Small. You know, guy was he was not 5'7". <laughs> and, he, and, he, and somebody said he was a buck seventy. I don't think so. Maybe if he put lead weights in his pockets. Uh, but he was a brave kid, and um, it looks like with that neck fusion, spinal fusion, he should be okay and have a good, normal, fulfilling life. And I, that's my thing. I know it's, it's not Thanksgiving, but I'm happy for him. Well, I appreciate that, and thanks for stopping by. You can hear Who's Talking every Monday on The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.